get ready for putting down roots. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Michelle Frederick, and I'm here co-hosting with Phoenix Trent. We're so excited to welcome you to Putting Down Roots, a new program highlighting creative individuals and organizations bringing something unique to Mendocino County through the arts, environmental practices, education, and beyond. Hi there, this is Phoenix Trent. Last month, we discussed local entrepreneurship with Marianne Petrillo of West Business Development Center, Nico Ramsdale of Wilder Ferments, and Blaze Burge of Flint Creek Circus. If you missed the episode, you can go to kzyx.org, um, go to the jukebox page, and then search for Putting Down Roots, and you can find our episode from November 5th at 3 p.m. You can also go to Spotify and search for uh, search KZYX Putting Down Roots to find our last episode. We have an exciting show for you today. We're going to be talking about the Latinx community here in Mendocino County. Our guests are Roseanne Ibarra of the Mendocino Latinx Alliance and Adventist Health, Laura Welter of the Latino Coalition of Fort Bragg, Javier Chavez of the South Coast Coalition, and Jacqueline Orozco and Sarah Marquez of Periodico El Punto. We're going to jump right into things here and start with our first guest, Roseanne Ibarra of uh, the Mendocino Latinx Alliance and Adventist Health. Roseanne, thank you so, so much for being with us today. and Thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Phoenix. Michelle, it's a pleasure to be with you today. So, Roseanne, can you start off by giving us some background on what it was like growing up here in Mendocino County and how you got involved in Latinx advocacy? Absolutely. So, I'm a local born and raised here in Mendocino County and born in Ukiah, and my family's moved around the county. My dad um, worked in agriculture, so worked in the vineyards um, when I was younger, and as I got older, moved into construction. So um, my family, well, my mother's originally from Mendocino County. I'm multicultural. My mother's Native American. My father's um, Mexican, a Mexican immigrant from the state of Michoacan, and so he worked in Anderson Valley, um, Willett, Hopland, and then we eventually moved to Ukiah when I was about the age of 10. And at that time, um, we moved, and I grew up on the Panolaville Rancheria. And so I, with that mix and background that I have, um, I feel that I um, have an understanding of both cultures. Um, and then hearing the stories of my dad and his experiences um, as coming to this country back in um, the 70s. Um, I, and growing up here, going through the school system, graduating and then going on to college and coming back here to this community. My first job was working for assembly member, Patty Berg, um, and going to meetings and, and being at the table and hearing how, you know, we don't have representation from our Latino community. We don't have representation from our Native American community. And then also seeing how decisions are made and um, oftentimes we do not have those voices reflected. 
and then fast forward into other uh, professional um, areas of, of my career. I worked for Congressman Jared Huffman as his as representative for inland Mendocino County and then also northern Sonoma County. And with that work, I became aware of an organization in Sonoma County called Los Bien Sonoma County, and it's been in existence now for over 10 years. It's an advocacy group, but what really struck me about that model is the diversity of representation, so not just um, at a professional level, but also ethnicities that come together, and the format is you come together during a luncheon and... Uh, issues are examined um, that are related to the Latino community. And so you had um, local government representatives, um, educators, uh, our state and federal representatives in the room. We, you had community organizers, students, and it was just a really interesting mix of people coming together to think through these important issues of so thinking about housing. And um, at that time, when I first got involved in that, um, you know, I was serving as a, in the capacity as representing Congressman Huffman. And um, this, within the city limits of Santa Rosa, they were talking about annexing Roseland, which is a predominantly Latino community um, that hadn't been receiving services, right, from the city because it wasn't considered part of the city. It was really a um, hot button issue. And, a long time coming. And so I saw that and, and thought to myself, you know, this is something we really, really need in Mendocino County. And so it was several, several years in the making. And then in 2018, um, connected with colleagues here, uh, various colleagues and um, pulled together a team to start having the conversation about what are your thoughts about us doing something similar to this model? And so um, everyone, you know, we had multiple conversations and we, we agreed that, yes, let's do this. So in April of 2018, the Mendocino Latinx Alliance was born. And our, there was a planning that had to happen. And our very first program was in September of that year where we had the state of the Latino community. So we had data that we were presenting regarding, you know, what, are, what is the current condition in terms of education, economics, and health? of Latinos in Mendocino County and how does that compare against our state numbers? And then we, our guest speaker was Michelle Sequerio. She's the executive director for the Campaign for College Opportunity. And she uh, gave a really, really interesting talk about, you know, what is she seeing at the community college level and what are the barriers? And she also um, talked about even in hiring practices, you know, are there things that need to be changed at that level where our unconscious bias uh, may creep in and um, therefore may result in us excluding certain individuals just because of our own um, personal bias that we may have that, you know, that we're not conscious of. So that's, that's how I got involved in advocacy. Thank you so much for all that background. And I think that's, what the, what's so amazing about what you're doing is you're doing the grassroots advo advocacy through the Latinx Alliance, but also working to make structural change, uh, also working to do things, you know, making sure that we have a system that works for everyone. Um, 
and promotes equity. Can you tell us a little bit about um, some of the program, uh, some so just some more background, some of the programming that the Latinx Alliance um, runs? I know that you used to do luncheons. Um, I actually actually got to go to one um, before COVID, and it was really incredible and really an amazing networking opportunity. And I learned about the census, learned all sorts of things I didn't know I didn't know. Um, I think that's an incredible value that the Alliance brings to the community. Can you tell us um, some more about the programming that you all have run in the past? Of course. Um, so we we had a program on the importance of the Latinx vote. And so we had a guest speaker who was the youngest elected um, Latino um, in to the Sonoma County Office of Education. So the thought was, you know, he could inspire our, our youth in, in the community to sort of see themselves in, in those roles. Uh, we had a really, really powerful presentation by Dr. Victor Rios. Um, the, the topic was the impact of the criminal justice system on communities of color, where he discussed the school to prison pipeline and his own experiences um, as uh, coming to this country as an immigrant and his mother being um, a single mom trying to find a job and, and the challenges there and how he um, got involved in um, some criminal activity as, as a youth out of necessity and wanting to support the family and bring in um, money uh, and then talked about what it was like going through the juvenile justice system and how, you know, we don't often think of how the system is set up. He, he explained an experience he had where he was 14 years old and was put in, um, you know, close proximity in a cell with a 17 year old. And so when you think about the um, developmental differences between a 14 year old and a 17 year old, he said, that's really how I perfected my crime. He gave me a lot of tips on advice on, you know, what, what goes for a higher price on the, on the, when, on the market, when you're thinking about, um, you know, like a Honda, it, it, I can't recount exactly his words, but he brought forward an interesting idea that we don't really think about those things. And then he talked about how it was a teacher um, when he was in high school that really saw his potential and his overall message is, is that all of us need that. All of us need someone in our life to see the potential in us when we don't see it ourselves. And she connected him to a mentor at um, UC Berkeley, someone who had a similar background to his, um, who was going through a college experience and um, really helped him see that, that that was something that he could do as well. Really, really powerful, moving uh, program that we had. We also have um, our local government leaders. So we had a conversation with CEO Carmel Angelo, city manager uh, for Ukiah, Sage San Giacomo, Planning and Building Director for our county, Brett Schultz, and um, Planning uh, Director for the City of Ukiah, Craig Slaughter, on building our neighborhoods and economic health. And that was really to sort of talk about the um, housing element and how that how that um, comes into being and how are those decisions made. And we had a program on diversity and hiring where we heard from our human resource leaders in the community, so from our largest employers. Uh, so Mendocino County, Adventist Health, and also from Savings Bank. And then we also heard from, uh, on the U.S. Census, so we did a program on the social implications of the nexus between public policy, civic engagement, and the U.S. Census. 
We also had a program on climate change with Dr. John Mihalik. He's a, a physician, but also very, very active in climate change advocacy. And he was part of Vice President Al Gore's climate reality leadership team. Then in July of this year, we had a, a powerful presentation on health disparities and the disproportionate impact on of COVID-19 on the Latinx community with Dr. Sergio Aguilar Gaxiola. Um, he's the founding director for the Center of Reducing Health Disparities at UC Davis. Um, he shared some really interesting data with us. And a lot of these programs, so that was our, well, let me, let me back up here. That was our first virtual program that was also um, had simultaneous interpretation. So we, we want the intention there because we were sheltering in place. Um, was to expand our uh, audience base and also make it more accessible because that is our underlying uh, theme of the work that we're doing is related to equity. And so, so that program you can find on our Facebook page, the Mendocino Latinx Alliance page. Um, we also had a conversation in September with um, our local law enforcement service providers where we heard from Sheriff Kendall and Police Chief John Nolte from Fort Bragg on, on what are what are some of the challenges that they're seeing, and then also hearing from our uh, case manager from uh, the Youth Project and a local um, marriage and family therapist. Um, so we're really sort of touching on um, a mental health as well within that program. And then our very uh, last program was regarding equitable practices during the remote, remote learning environment, where we heard from Ukiah Unified uh, Superintendent Deb Kubin, uh, Mendocino College Superintendent Kim Karras, and, and other educators. And we also heard from parents and children on their experiences. So really, the overall um, purpose behind the, the programs that we offer is to, to begin a conversation and hopefully inspire individuals to take action. And really our underlying motivation as well is to inspire uh, the, the young people in our community to see um, that they too can become involved and, and get activated to participate in the community and be part of the decision-making process. And Roseanne, if anyone was interested in seeing these um, previous webinars that you that let the Mendocino Latinx Alliance has held, would they go to the Facebook page to see those? Yes. So um, on the Facebook page, the, the health disparities mm-hmm. program will be on there. So it was in a wait, web, Zoom webinar format. The um, conversation with law enforcement service providers is on there and then we'll soon be uploading the one on education those ones that i listed the number of programs that i listed prior to that we were not yet doing um virtual programming um and we did not have those recorded however um we did have kzyx in our audience and and did record some of those but i don't believe those are um accessible or i they may be on KZYX page, I'm not certain. And so the virtual webinars is something that you'll be continuing and that people can tune into in the future if they're interested, yes. right? Yes, so we're in the planning stages right now to for our 2021 programming. And um, we, we don't have it quite um, nailed down yet, but our next program, I think we're gonna do a deep dive into mental health. 
Wow, that's fantastic. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about the equity task force and, and the that was formed this fall here in Mendocino? Absolutely. So this was an extension of um, work that our Latino organizations and and we we have um, the Fort Bragg Latino Coalition represented today and um, uh, El Punto and then also South Coast Latino Coalition who was a part of this effort. So we've been working together um, so back in June. The groups came together. It was really led by Ukiah Vecinos en Acción who had reached out um, to all of us and said, you know, we we need to take action um, regarding the disproportionate impacts on the Latino community and, and that we saw that there wasn't a lot of information available in Spanish. And so people weren't getting the necessary information. So we came together on a joint letter. And so it was signed by Ukiah Vecino Conexión, Mendocino Latinx Alliance, Fort Bragg Latino Coalition, South Coast Latino Coalition, Nuestra Alianza, Sueño Latino, which is in Anderson Valley, El Punto, and Mendo Latino. Um, and that was presented to the Mendocino County Board of Supervisors. And there was a formal presentation that was made. And Dr. Gaxiola um, also was on the call to give, um, to provide some critical data. And along with that, um, that's why Mendocino Latinx Alliance did this broader program for the community. Um, but part within that letter, it was really asking for um, accessibility and more outreach to the Latino community. And one of the other proposals was to form a an equity task force. And so um, following that, um, some representatives from, from those groups that I named came together and we expanded it beyond the Latino voice to include um, Native American representatives, African American and Asian American community members to come together. And so there's been planning that uh, meetings that occurred from um, the end of August, September, and uh, to sort of define, okay, what is what is what are our priority areas? And um, so the, the task force has been operational now and we've formalized and we have identified several areas of, of work. So one is, or is education. So providing education in the community about what is equity or what does it look like? And then um, communication, so making sure that we're um, providing articles, but then also we're going to be putting together a podcast series to elevate the voices of those that have been in the shadows um, and then uh, breaking barriers. And so that's our advocacy work. And within that, um, we are continuing work related to COVID. So there's an active COVID work group that's been meeting for months now and um, interfacing with our county leaders. Um, and, and you'll for those that have been sort of closely watching this um, issue, you you'll, you would have seen that there's now um, simultaneous um, Spanish uh, accessibility for the COVID updates, the weekly COVID updates that the county provides. Press releases and dashboards are now um, also available in Spanish. There's a strategy for outreach to our vulnerable communities and um, 
counties partnered with NCO and also with Ukiah Vecinos and Acción. And then more recently, the county approved a contract with Nuestra Alianza to um, launch a pilot Promotores de Salud program for the Willits and Ukiah areas. And so this is really, really exciting work that's happened. And um, we'll, we'll continue to, to advocate um, for this work. That's really incredible, uh, Roseanne. I think it really goes to show how powerful collective impact can be when groups come together to make structural change from the roots up. Um, Absolutely. Happen. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to promote or tell our listeners about? Um, well, I do want to share with the listeners that um, more information regarding the task force will be provided during a webinar on Wednesday, um, this coming next Wednesday, I'm sorry, de December 9th with Healthy Mendocino. Um, and that webinar will be at noon from 12 to 1.30. So um, maybe you want to hear more about the task force, um, I invite you to participate in that. And, um, and then also to be sure to like the Mendocino Latinx page on Facebook and you can get updates about our upcoming uh, webinars that we'll be holding and programs. Well, Roseanne, thank you so much for speaking with, with us today and giving us more in insight into the Mendocino Latinx Alliance and the Equity Task Force. Uh, we're so grateful for that, that you uh, joined us on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Roseanne. Thank you. And if you're joining us now, you're listening to Putting Down Roots on KZYX, and we're talking about the Latinx community with our guest, Roseanne Ibarra of the Mendocino Latinx Alliance and Adventist Health. Javier Chavez of the South Coast Coalition, Laura Welter of the Latino Coalition of Fort Bragg, and Jacqueline Orozco and Sarah Marquez of Periodical Punto. So we're now going to introduce our next guest, Javier Chavez of the South Coast Coalition. The South Coast Coalition serves the southern Mendocino County coast in areas such as Point Arena and Gualala. Javier, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, <clears throat> thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. So can you just give us a quick um, background on how you came to be on the Mendocino Coast and specifically in Gualala? Yes, uh, it's very, um, very interesting. Um, uh, uh, I, um, uh, my family comes from uh, Bakersfield, well, from Mexico, but then, or, or then we moved to Bakersfield. But um, my, uh, it's, yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, I think it was, I think, pretty close to 40 years, one of uh, my brother-in-laws uh, was hired um, all the way from uh, Mexico to work at a mill here in Annapolis. And uh, so he was the first one that moved to this area, you know, and, um, and then we... Um, uh, we came and visit uh, the area, you know, visit the family. I think it was in 1995, some, some, you know, somewhere. And um, and I remember it was it was in December, and it was really rainy and foggy. And I um, and uh, you know, we were here for a couple of days, and I uh, I didn't like it, you know, because of the you know the weather, um, and. Uh, and then we came back and visited in July of, uh, and you know, I think it was 
two or three years later, and and it was uh, you know it was beautiful, um, you know it was beautiful weather, and and um, uh, you know we just fell in love, so we moved here, you know, with our young uh, family, uh, my wife and I, and three little kids. And um, you know, so that's how I ended up in uh, in the uh, uh, Walala area. Um, uh, and then you know, my uh, kids um, started going to school, and um, uh, uh, school um, uh, wasn't you know, it, I, it wasn't you know the best place back then for um, for learning. You know when. In Bakersfield, we had uh, uh, bilingual programs. You know, my my kids were um, uh, you know really uh, advanced when and when and they moved here, and they you know they were like two years behind here in the school um, in this area, and and I was, I got really concerned, so I became really involved in the at the um, at the school district here and. Uh, and I and I became a parent, um, uh, a parent leader, and the uh, I remember the principal that was that was uh, that was here. Uh, uh, she was also new, and she was very concerned with the uh, with uh, the way things were um, uh, going at the school. And she and she and she saw what I was doing, and she said, "Javier, you know, I'm, I'm gonna." You know, this is what you're doing can really change the, the school, and I'm going to send you to some um, parent leadership trainings. And so, so the principal, you know, she was the one that got me started with, uh, with uh, you know, being a parent leader in the community. And um, and you know, there was a lot of positive changes back. I'm talking in the early 2000s uh, with the with the school um, uh, that happened. Um, uh then after that i was um i was hired by um action network a family resource center i worked there for 16 years um i um i did uh parenting classes and and uh, and laura if she's listening she can she can um remember that part cuz we cuz we were doing um parenting classes in conjunction with a Fort Bragg um, Family Resource Center, Safe Passage. And and I can tell you that uh, I did parenting classes for about 10 years, and and, and I'm really uh, proud to say that um, there are probably like the uh, probably from 50 to 75 families came in over those years. And about seventy percent of those uh, parents, their kids went to college, and, and and they're Latino. So I'm really, really proud of of that. Um, and and the reason that I know is because we're we're such a small you know community, and and we see the kids and stuff like that. Um, the the other thing is um, uh, so you know one one cool thing that Action Network had back then is if we if we saw a need in the community we would try to fill it and uh, so you know so there with uh, Action Network I did um, yeah parenting classes anger management classes um, uh, drug prevention programs you know with with uh, with the community here. Um, and, um, you know, uh, food, you know, we, um, did, did, uh, food stamp program or right now it's called CalFresh. 
uh, also um, uh, medical, uh, and, and everything was done in both languages, um, uh, English and Spanish. So um, I'm not sure if I went too far with this, but that's kind of how um, my uh, career um, started. Thank you so much for all that background. And can you tell us um, a little bit about how the South Coast Latino Coalition was founded um, and what your mission is? Um, well, the, the yeah, about a, about a year and two months ago, um, we uh, we came together. You know, working with the Latino community, I know most of the people you know around here, and and. Um, and uh, you know what? I, I like to help. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, one of the people that if somebody comes and says, "Look, Javier, we really need this in our in our community," um, uh, you know, then there's um, there's a really big need. So one of the you know, uh, there was about three families that came to me and said, Look, "Javier, you know, there's not a lot of um, uh, support for people with mental illness," and and you know, my you know my son you know was taken to jail and. And when I call the sheriff, you know, for support, um, and um, and also if we call the sheriff, they take them, they take them, you know, like if they were arrested when when all they need, you know, they're having a mental crisis, and so um, so we, uh, you know, we came together with a group of parents and and we said, you know, the only way that we do this is is is, is if we unite and and may, and uh, build a, a coalition. And uh, uh, and so we so we started to, you know I started going around you know we have people our coalition is built of people that works uh, that work at the schools at, um, at you know businesses uh, other organizations and um, and so our, um, uh, after meeting a couple of times we noticed you know that a lot of the parents that were coming they they didn't have uh, email addresses. They didn't know how to use the internet, the computer. So, so we saw that need there, and and we start we you know we did a, a computer class. Uh, uh, luckily, we have some we have some great volunteers here in the community and um, and uh, people with with knowledge. So we we have somebody that, that um, retired from the tech business, and and she did a computer class. You know and. And um, and then we we help the parents, uh, you know, like get an email address and how to check their emails and 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 things like that. So 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 it, it's a collision, but at the same time, you know, if we see a, a need, the only way that we're going to get parents to get involved is if they get um, in, uh, information and education and email. And right now, you know, all that is so important and. And so um, it's just so cool, you know, when, when I send an email and, you know, one of the parents that didn't even know about email, they respond back and, and, and things like that. And, that, you know, that, that, that itself, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And, um, and so, uh, so we started, we, we basically started um, uh, training uh, the, uh, the uh, coalition members you know, if they're trained, they're going to be more uh, effective, uh, more, um, uh, yeah, more effective at, at what we're trying to do. So our, so, so that was the first thing. The second thing is that we, we, we were, um, we're starting to meet uh, uh, once every two weeks to, to uh, bring a NAMI support group to the coast. 
and uh, NAMI is the National Alliance for Mental Illness, and that you know that's to uh, educate and and um, and inform parents about what they can do if they have uh, family members with mental illness, and just give them support. And so, so that that's when the um, you know that's when all this COVID um, uh, happened, and and so we we've been. Um, uh, you know, meeting and talking over the phone, but you know, but since then we've done trainings on emergency emergency preparedness, and and you know, we 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 had about thirty people, I think, trained from the area, you know, uh, including families and kids, and that was a Zoom, and and again, that was through thanks to uh, Ucaya Vecinos in Acción, who's beginning to do that, and for the first time that I've been here, the program was only was Spanish only for. Spanish-speaking uh, families, so so that was pretty, you know, that was pretty cool um, to see. Um, and right now, with uh, with that, we're doing um, the the mask project uh, that's from NCO, and we're making sure that all the the Latinos and people in general have uh, uh, masks, uh, you know, uh, to wear, um, and so they can have several, so they can wash them and reuse them again. But uh, th- that's kind of what the, um, uh, the how that coalition started, and some of the things that we've been involved with um, uh, right now. That's amazing, and obviously very, very needed. Um, and can you tell us? I know that the coalition is very new, and that COVID um, affected a lot of the work that you were doing. But is there a way that people can reach out to you if they are in the Point Arena or Gualala area and would like to get involved in the coalition or support it? Um, yeah, well, I can. Um, you do. You you do have my um, email address, and you're welcome to share it. And um, and I can give you my office number here. Um, uh, it's seven zero seven eight eight four nine six seven zero. Okay. Wonderful. Well, Javier, we really appreciate you taking the time um, to speak with us, and we look forward to seeing uh, what the coalition continues to do in the future to support the community. Yes, thank, and thank you for having me. It's uh, it's really cool to hear Roxanne and and then uh, Laura. Um, um, Laura, I'm amazed that Laura is still going. You know, after she retired from Safe Passage, but. So that's great that you're still serving the community and um, and uh, yeah, good good talking to you guys. Thank great you. to hear your voice, Javier. <laughs> yep. Thank you guys. And we're actually going to keep the conversation going with Laura Welter from the Latino Coalition of Fort Bragg. Hi, Laura. Hey, Hello. Michelle. Hey, Phoenix. Uh, so we're happy to have you on the show today to talk about your work at Safe Passage and then how that led to the formation of the Latino Coalition. Okay, well, um, I have been retired from Safe Passage for about two and a half years now, So, um, but I was the director there for 13 years. And one of the many meetings that I attended when I was a director there was called CGAP, the Coalition for Gang Awareness and Prevention, that was held monthly here in Fort Bragg. And that's how I met Karina Becerra. Um, I attended those meetings representing Safe Passage. Karina attended representing Project Sanctuary. 
And after a few of those meetings, Karina and I decided it would be a good idea to form a Latino coalition here on the coast that would concentrate more specifically on issues of interest to the Latinx community. So that was the spring of 2015, and we started to have monthly meetings. Um, We held them at Safe Passage because we had access there to a large meeting room. And we called ourselves the Latino Coalition of the Mendocino Coast, and LATCO for short. And one of the first meetings that we had, um, we introduced our new police chief at the time, Fabian Lizarraga, to the community. Um, He was the one and only Latino police chief that Fort Bragg's ever had. And uh, it was good for him to be able to meet lots of local Latinos that night. And so, you know, we met monthly uh, during 2015, 2016. Um, Attendance at those monthly meetings was kind of spotty, and we weren't just sure what direction our coalition would take. But then at the January of 2017 meeting, we packed the house. There was standing room only that night because the meeting happened to fall the night after Donald Trump's inauguration. And so there was a lot of interest on the part of our local Latino community in um, Trump's promise to get tough on undocumented people. Um, You know, he had just been using lots of very frightening language throughout his campaign. Um, And so the January meeting that year, January 2017, our guest speaker was Grady Gothier, who's a local immigration attorney. And so many people attended to find out just what their rights were for those who were undocumented. And um, that was a valuable lesson for our Latino coalition, and we realized that immigration issues and social justice issues were going to become one of our areas of interest. Um, Also at that meeting, by the way, Chief Lizarraga was there to... um, offer assurances that his officers were not going to be involved if an ICE raid ever So that was um, something we were happy to hear. And I think it's so incredible that you all have been able to provide people with this information, with this knowledge, so that people can live at ease because, you know, I think so, so many people can say that a, a – uh, President Trump, President Trump's uh, presidency has been alarming and, and scary. So to be able to provide that kind of solace for people and get the information out there is incredible. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how the coalition and what you're, uh, what you've been recently offering to the community? Well, the the mission of our coalition is to empower our community through education, social justice, and cultural appreciation. So really, our coalition is kind of concentrated on a couple of things each year. Um, One is to throw a big party in September. We did that our first year back in 2015. Um, During the month of September, we chose a Sunday afternoon and had a big party in the Bainbridge Park in Fort Bragg. It was a free event for families. We called it a fiesta, and it was a celebration um, of Hispanic Heritage Month which occurs from mid-September through mid-October each year because quite a few of the Latin American countries um, are celebrating their independence during the, that period of time, including Mexico. 
And so that was a lot of fun. Um, we offered music and vendors were there selling wonderful food and there were games and craft activities for the kids. And, you know, it's just a nice way to have a celebration in, in what tends to be a beautiful month here on the coast. So that's one thing that our coalition is kind of known for. And the other thing is that we offer, we've been offering scholarships to local high school seniors uh, for the past three years. In 2018, we thought, well, I wonder if we could raise enough money to fund one $500 scholarship for a Latino student. That would be great. And we ended up raising enough money to um, fund seven scholarships that year. And the following year, in 2019, we funded another seven scholarships for local Latinx kids. And in 2020, we funded 11 of them. So there's been a lot of support for our scholarship fund, and that's great because we certainly want to encourage our young kids to head off to school. And then another way that LACO has been helpful to our community's youth is that We've been offering free tutoring on Wednesday nights at the Fort Bragg Library, and um, that has, of course, ended with with COVID restrictions. But once those restrictions are lifted, we can hope to get back to that Wednesday afternoon free tutoring, or excuse me, Wednesday evening free tutoring for school kids. Because we decided probably a couple of years ago that really one of the ways that we could be most helpful to local Latinx families would be to really help their kids. Yeah. Yeah, that's an incredible uh, resource that you guys are providing. And you also, uh, the the Latino Coalition also uh, works with Flockworks, correct, to um, provide our education in, in in the schools here. Yeah, LACO's worked with all kinds of different community partners because, you know, that's what you got to do when you live in a small town. Um, all of us folks who are in the nonprofit world or who belong to organizations for the public good, you know, you've got you to play well with others. So Flockworks is certainly one of the nonprofits that we've worked with. Their, their mission is to build community through creativity and um, – Flockworks, uh, we had a couple of Latino members who joined Flockworks by volunteering at Dana Gray Elementary School a couple of years back to offer art activities to kids that were um, kind of celebrating Hispanic heritage. And that has grown into the fact that Flockworks is now funding an art teacher for Dana Gray Elementary because that position was eliminated. So now a young Latina named Norma Trejo has been teaching art to Dana Gray kids, and she's doing a great job. And by the way, she um, and the Flockworks volunteers bagged up art supplies for 800 elementary school kids in Fort Bragg uh, at the beginning of this school year so that they could have art supplies to work on at home. And um, when the Mask Up Mendocino folks came to a LATCO meeting to explain their project, we offered to add their masks to those art bags. So that's worked out great. And Norma, by the way, is on the front page of the Advocate News this morning explaining how all that worked, and it was a good partnership. Norma also works at Safe Passage Family Resource Center, where I used to work, and they are an important partner for LATCO because Safe Passage is our fiscal agent. 
Latino Coalition is not a 501c3. We probably will not become one. We are just basically a club that we encourage anybody to join. And so we need a fiscal agent to handle our scholarship donations. So Safe Passage is a big help in that regard. Um, we certainly are uh, good buddies with the Mendocino Coast Jewish community. Um, they have a justice group that decided that one meaningful way that they could help the immigrant community would be to raise money to help pay f- uh, people who are ready to take their citizenship exam, because that exam costs $725. And the Jewish Communities Justice Group has raised enough money to help cover that cost for 35 people, which is a huge impact. And by the way, that cost is about to go up, but for for a while it was 725 And so our Latino Coalition member, Linda Jupiter, is active in both groups and keeps communication going there between us. Um, West Company has partnered with LATCO. Last year, uh, we helped put on a kind of a forum for Latino business owners and Latinx folks who wanted to start a business. And Michelle, I know that when you worked for West Company, you were absolutely um, involved in helping Latinx folks who wanted to start a business. And we were happy when you started to attend our LATCO meetings. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it was great to have you join up. KZYX has been a good partner because we have a longtime um, member of LATCO, Loreto Rojas, who is now doing Spanish programming a couple of times a month with her broadcast partner, Diana, Mm -hmm. with their um, Mendo Latino show. And um, Cal Winslow is a member of LATCO, and he and Loreto have produced a series called Talking About California that often touches on issues of interest to the immigrant community. And then I certainly can't forget to mention RSLA Rivas. She is a major player in the Latino coalition of the Mendocino Coast. She takes notes at all of our meetings and then writes up minutes for all of us, which is always so helpful when when somebody's, uh, you know, keeping a written record of what the heck we're doing. And she has joined the Mendo Latinx Alliance for the Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, that task force group that Rosani Barra was mentioning. So Araceli is our representative on that group and is keeping us posted on, um, you know, the slow-moving wheels of the county government and how um, they're trying to influence their um, ability to have more um, accountability toward the Latino community. So, yeah, I mean, we've we've partnered with League of Women Voters, with Mendocino College. You know, there's just all kinds of opportunity for folks to learn more about how to reach Latinos through our coalition. Yeah, and it's wonderful to hear about you guys pairing with other organizations to support the work that you're doing. And can you just quickly tell us how the local community can support LACCO and the work that they do? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Currently, we're raising money for our 2021 scholarships. And so if anybody is interested in donating any amount to that fund, they can send a check to Safe Passage at P.O. Box 1718 in Fort Bragg. Um, And we would certainly encourage any of you, anybody who's interested to join our meetings, which are now happening by Zoom. And um, we can put you on the Latin Letco email list, which RSLE maintains for us. Right now we have about 95 people on that list. So every month we get a Zoom 
contact for the meeting. So you're welcome to um, email me if you'd like that information. Our December meeting is actually tonight. We meet on the first Thursday of each month from 6 to 7.30. And my email is my initials, law at mcn.org. And then there's also a Facebook page for LATCO that uh, one right. of members recently made. Right. Thanks to Mary Ellen Campbell, we now have a Facebook page. So anybody who's interested in learning more can go onto Facebook and search for LATCO, and you can also uh, find more information there about the work that they're doing. Right. And our official name is the Latino Coalition of the Mendocino Coast. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for taking the time and for all the work that you do for the community. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us today. You're welcome, Michelle. And Phoenix, thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Thank you again so much. Uh, we'd like to introduce our final guests, Jacqueline Orozco and Sarah Marquez of Periodico El Punto, which is the only monolingual Spanish newspaper in Mendocino County. We're so pleased to have you on the show today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having us, uh, Phoenix. Absolutely. Um, let's get started. If you could give us some some background on how you, how you, Jacqueline and Sarah, how you came to be in Mendocino County. Sarah? <clears throat> okay. Uh, so uh, my name is Jacqueline Orozco and I, I um, came uh, to Ukiah in 2008 for a, uh, a, a summer program for Latino children. It was Plan Vacacional, sponsored uh, through Nuestra Casa. And then a uh, few months later, I, I came to the U.S. to start a family. And that's why I, I moved from my hometown, Tampico, Tamaulipas, to, to Ukiah. And I have a, a, a BS in education and a BS in, in communication. And, and then I, I had been living here in the county, uh, I mean, in the Ukiah area for, for 12 years. Wonderful. And Sarah, um, is Sarah on the line? Or do we have Jack? Um, so Jacqueline and Sarah decided to start Periodico Al Punto together. And Jacqueline, can you tell us a little bit about um, seeing the need for this newspaper and how you and Sarah decided to work together? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, so in uh, 10 years ago, in December, I mean, December uh, 2010, uh, Sarah and I um, decided to start this project called uh, Periodico Al Punto. Uh, before of, of this newspaper, monolingual uh, paper, uh, we worked for a, a magazine, and in that magazine, uh, Sarah just had two pages in, in Spanish. So we, we saw the, the lack of information in Spanish, and um and after nuestra casa uh was no longer in uh serving the area uh people were uh in a, in a need of information to have a a resource in spanish so that's why we we started uh the periodical punto and we uh and also 
for for not only to give information in Spanish but also yeah to have an affordable uh, option for for local businesses uh, because uh, we have a yeah, affordable prices uh, that includes uh, everything I mean the artwork it's and free, we can design the ads for free. We translate for for free for the same price. We don't w- want to uh, make money from from this project. This is our way that we can contribute to to our community, and because we can afford, I mean, to pay out of our pockets of, to print the paper and to do that is the distribution and other expenses that. Um, we we can cover them uh, out of our pocket, so so that's why uh, we we sell the ads. But the ads, I mean, uh, it's in order to support and to continue doing doing this service because that's 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 what Periodico uh, Punto uh, represents for us. This is our our service that we are providing the community in Spanish. That's incredible. And I think it's such an important part of building power and driving equity in our communities, working together, supporting each other's small businesses, supporting each other um, together so we can get through not only these challenging times, but promote equity um, and diversity throughout our region. Um, So Periodico is celebrating its 10-year anniversary this month. And can you give us some background on how it evolved over the last 10 years? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, luckily, we are celebrating our, our 10th anniversary. When first we started this project, we, we saw this like a five-year project, but uh, we feel so honored and we feel so proud that agencies, businesses, organizations, they trust in us. They, they I mean, and also our audience, and they 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 um they trust in the information that that we have in, in our paper in our website in our facebook page uh because uh we have i mean we took action when there are immigration rumors about about race and also when uh the wildfires happened in 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 the red valley complex or the ranch fire or the river fire and uh, there was no information in Spanish. So we provided that information, translation. We, we would like to be accurate with our information. And sometimes, uh, because uh, I have my full-time job, I, I work for Mendocino College. And, and Sara, she has her job. Uh, she works for, for MTA. So we, we don't have enough time to, to spend in, in the paper. So we do it our paper or we update our Facebook page on our lunch breaks or, or our breaks or, or in our free time. So in the, in that way, we, I think we, we have been contributed to, to the community to inform, to educate our monolingual Spanish community in, in their own language. And also, uh, with this pandemic, we have been, uh, trying to covering as much as possible. To uh, to start, I mean, to provide information in Spanish about what what is happening and what are the the updates or what are the health the health orders. So, and we are not only covering Mendocino County; we also cover uh, Lake County. 
and uh, and we want to be a uh, a, a, a resource for for those I mean uh, population who who doesn't speak I mean English or doesn't understand English. Yeah, and it's so incredible, Jacqueline, that you and Sarah are doing this on your own time and that this is such a necessary resource uh, for the Spanish-speaking community. And it is a very well-respected respected news source. And so you periodic a physical newspaper, and then you have a Facebook page. You recently launched a website. And then can you tell us um, about the your future YouTube channel where you'll be doing interviews? Yes, um, yes. As you mentioned, we have our Facebook page, our website, and we are going to launch a, our YouTube channel because I think it's very important to have, uh, I mean, uh, videos with with information. Uh, when uh, when this pandemic started, uh, we uh, try to do more uh, videos through Facebook, and uh, and I think uh, this is a yeah good um area of opportunity for for us to expand uh, more our services in spanish not not only for maybe uh our main focus is to serve mendocino and lake county but maybe we can serve other areas that maybe they they, they don't have a yeah a yeah uh, information in spanish so in that way uh people can can visit uh our our social media or or our youtube channel in order to to get more information about what it, what is happening in in our communities especially in these in these communities who we are in a remote area and they we don't have uh enough services to provide uh for this segment of our population well, Jacqueline, thank you so much. We're sorry that we can't speak longer, but we really appreciate you taking the time um, to speak with us today. And we want to say thank you to all our guests for joining us. It's been wonderful to learn more about the work you're doing to empower the Latinx community and your incredible contribution contribution to our county. And a big thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Yes, thank you so much. And we've been talking with Roseanne Ibarra of the Mendocino Latinx Alliance, Laura Welter of the Fort Bragg Latino Coalition, Javier Chavez of the South Coast Coalition, Jacqueline Roscoe and Sarah Marquez of Periodical Punto. Uh, you can follow us on Putting Down Roots and you can find us on Spotify and, uh, and on the KZYX Jukebox. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in and we're looking forward to um, having our next show next month on the performing arts. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Oh.